Unscripted. Now, a word from our sponsor. Hello, everyone. This is Ryan Gilliam, Senior Mortgage Banker with Waterstone Mortgage. If you're looking to buy a new home or even refinance a current one, I'm able to help you find the best program and interest rate that fits your specific needs. You could call me anytime directly at phone number 480-635-3035 if you have any mortgage questions or if you're ready to get pre-approved for a new home purchase. Thank you. Here we go. And we are live. Oh, we are back for week two of season two of Mom Nation Unscripted. So I am super jazzed for this episode, Katie. So, but before we get into what we're going to be talking about this week, I want to hear about your week. Oh boy. So it's, it's only Tuesday. So the week is still young, but but let me tell you all about today. So this morning, um, I was getting my son ready for school, you know, getting him out the door and my husband was bringing him to school and he asked me, well, mom, how do I grow? And so I explained scientifically how he grows and he goes, no, I mean, when I was in your belly, how did I grow? (laughs) And yeah, it gets better. And so I was like, well, you know, kind of the same way that you're growing now and kind of went through the science of it and how they you know kids start very small just like animals and they grow up into big adults whatever well mom how did I get in there oh dear (laughs) so so the timing was perfect because dad was getting ready to bring him to school so I was like oh you should go ask dad so Matt got to talk about life on the way to school this morning and this isn't, this isn't very funny because this is going to be a little bit sad, but mm-hmm. unfortunately I was making lunch and I realized one of the goldfish had turned and passed and, you know, is no longer with us. And so now we talked, we, we had to speak about life this morning and the beginnings of life. And now we'll be having a death conversation this afternoon. What a big day. Yeah. Yeah. So many conversations. Holy so, cow. And it's like how, you know, this is my, my first rodeo with kids here. Um, how do you make this like age appropriate for a six-year-old to talk about these things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember my mom just like telling us and I was like, ew, like <laughs> you do that with dad. Why would you do that? Like, it's <laughs> so gross. <laughs> and <laughs> And then at the same time, like, let's be honest, you also want your kids to like, as an adult, you realize how important like them understanding that sex is a normal, healthy thing to have is. And, uh, and so it's such an interesting balance. And like, there's so much of, of belief systems that's tied up in how to approach it. And there's like no canned answer or response for anyone on any of these topics, which is you know, one of the things that I love about what we do here is, you know, just going, going off script and just saying what, what's real and what's true. So whatever pops in your head, right? Yeah. So, so this is funny. So I asked my husband, I asked Matt, I was like, so how did the school conversation go? You know? And he said, well, I started to answer his question. And then he asked me another question, like about kangaroos. And I just went with that. So he never, (laughs) never circled back. 
Oh <laughs> finishing my the explanation. That's hilarious. Yeah. Isn't that the dad way they get out of it? Now, now you know what? Jackson's going to come back and he's going to ask you again. Yep. And that won't be around this time. <laughs> yep. So all of you moms that have been through this a thousand times. Oh, I could ask Jenny. Jenny's been through this. How do we do this? How do we talk appropriately, like age appropriate about these things? So I took the cop out route and I bought a book. <laughs> I really did. I handed Jocelyn a book when I was pregnant with Alana because Joss was like eight or nine, maybe right about the perfect time to kind of understand a little bit. And I handed her a book and was like, ask me any questions. And I have that funny story because she went through the book and she discovered that you have to have sex to make babies. And she's like horrified. And she does this head count and she's like, me, Aaron. And she points to my belly. She's like, you've had sex three times and I'm like I promise only those three times and I she was horrified it was so fun that's hilarious oh my god three whole times Uh, I swear that's all that's so funny yeah so so that's my week how about you Bev well, uh, I actually just got a, off a podcast with you and Jenny, so that was super <laughs> exciting. So for those yeah. of you who don't know, uh, I don't know, I just like to be uh, very visible all the time in all the places. So I actually do a podcast called Sip and Listen, um, and it's recorded in a studio in Scottsdale. And uh, on Sip and Listen today, we featured Mom Nation. And it was so good, you guys. You, you both did amazing. Thank you. And there are going to be so many good sound bits from that, like sound bites, sound bites. We know what you mean. <laughs> Whatever the word yes. is. <laughs> so I'm really, really excited about that. Uh, yesterday, I had six sick kids, so I had to cancel an appointment that I had. And I ended up uh, doing client calls for six hours. So I, I feel accomplished in one vein. And then in the other, I just like, my brain was literally just swimming by the time I was done with that. Just, oh, all the brain power used up. So yeah, I anyway. So anyway, yeah, that's, that's kind of been my week. My daughter just turned, oh, both of our babies had birthdays last week. Yes. And they're a year apart? Or yes, two? they're a year and one day apart. Okay. And so, so yeah, it was Jackson's birthday, I guess last week when we talked, it was Jackson's birthday. And so we had my daughter's birthday party this past weekend. Um, and so she, it's so funny cause she is, um, we haven't taken her to get her officially diagnosed, but I know that if we took her somewhere, she would be diagnosed with selective mutism, which is of when somebody, uh, when they have such a severe amount of anxiety, which is perfect that we're talking about this today, they have such severe social anxiety that they can't speak. And so it's fascinating because she has to whisper to all of her friends. Um, But at her birthday party, she had, you know, 10 kids there. And so it's not like she doesn't form relationships, even with the severe social anxiety. Right. Um, and, and, you know, she has so many friends and they were all so upset because she wasn't as close with them one-on-one as she normally is. And so that was fascinating to watch. So how did you celebrate Jackson's birthday? 
Oh my gosh. So we had family birthday party, <clears throat> which always turns into family concert because we can't help ourselves. Because it's you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And there's right? instruments around. Somebody's got to play them, you know, obviously all that. I can't just sit there. No. So <laughs> family jam session, which he loves to participate in. He's a little drummer. He's got like a little cocktail drum set in our music room. And so he loves getting, getting all up on that. Um, I have presents coming out of my ears like everywhere. My house is totally trashed because then he had birthday party with his friends from school and, you know, friends that he's had for the last few years. And so there were probably 20 kids, I want to say 20 or 22 kids at this birthday party. Yeah. Mom and, Mom and dad went out for a drink after that. Oh, I, I, bet. <laughs> I just need one just listening to it, man. Oh, wow. So, uh, it's so fun. Well, uh, so if you guys have not gone and looked yet, we are live on your favorite podcasting platform, whichever podcasting platform that is, we are live there. So just go look up Mom Nation, Mom Nation Subscripted, Mom Nation Unscripted and subscribe <laughs> uh, or follow or whatever it is on your favorite platform. Uh, if you can go onto iTunes though for us, and rate, review, and subscribe. That helps us to get more visible. And when you do that, it helps us to, to reach more moms with these kinds of messages and, um, and make the impact that Katie talked about that we're looking to make with Mom Nation, uh, you know, with having a home for moms in every major city in the US um, to help them when they're getting out of abusive relationships or just transitioning to being a, a single mom. So uh, just know that, that when you go and you rate, review, and subscribe, that is what you're helping us to accomplish. So that being said, um, Katie, do you want to tell them what we're talking about today? Uh, so social anxiety. So, and here's why we're talking about that today, Beth. So we've been, what, six years now in this group. Mm -hmm. And over the last six years, watching the group grow and watching people interact and meeting new moms and communicate with, you know, communicating with them online, so on and so forth, you start to realize some patterns and you start to see similar posts over and over and over again. And Isn't I feel that like such an interesting thing because we all feel like we're so special and so unique, but and nobody we're else all really alike. <laughs> exactly. And nobody else shares in the same problems that we have or the same, you know, things that we worry about and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's so untrue. You are so, so right. And, you know, many of us share in this whole social anxiety thing. Mm -hmm. So I started realizing it when I would have great excitement for an event that we had coming up. And tons of people would RSVP, get, you know, super stoked to go. And then there would be some sort of loss in the transition because it would be game day. It would be time for the event. And all of a sudden, a significant amount of moms wouldn't arrive to the actual event. And I was one of those moms. You were. All three of you, actually. So <laughs> hence our panel today and our extra guests today. We should probably introduce them. Uh, yeah. So can you, can I introduce Jenny and you can introduce JD? You bet. You go first. Okay. So, uh, for those of you guys who do not know Jenny, um, just start to pay attention to the group and you'll see Jenny Dunkel Cohen showing up all over the place. She, she comments and interacts and supports so well, uh, in this community. Uh, and there's 
a reason that, you know, that's one of the, one of the biggest reasons why she has ended up becoming so involved in becoming one of the owners of Mom Nation. And she is so sweet. She's so supportive. She's so kind. Um, and she makes everybody feel at ease being themselves. Um, she has such a fascinating story, which we got to talk about earlier today on the other podcast, but she has this, um, she has a really amazing background where she escaped an abusive marriage and um, now she, you know, she's been through all of the, these, these things that so many moms here in this group go through and she's such a good friend to anybody who, who needs that. And I got the opportunity to spend some time with her in Sedona and she is just one of the most kind, compassionate people that I've, I've ever known. Um, and she, um, is a real estate agent. She specializes on team Evo in doing like the paperwork side of things so that other team members can be out selling. Uh, and so if you don't know Jenny, get to know her. She's absolutely incredible. Agreed. What an introduction. Oh. Good luck following that up. Yeah. <laughs> she is a master of her craft too. I will tell you that right now. So speaking I believe of, it. She is. Speaking of masters of their crafts, however, we have JD, aka Jen Duncan. So we have two Jens on our team, right? Jenny and JD, or Jen. And so that got really confusing for me. So I had to, I had to nickname her and it just kind of stuck. So I think most of our audience will know her as probably JD or the new Build Ninja <laughs> because she is on Team Evoazy and she specializes in new build properties. She is super smart with regular resale as well, um, but new builds are her jam. Trust me, this girl knows more than anybody I've ever met. Um, she is an incredibly friendly, warm, and inviting person. This girl is that kind of friend that everybody wants to have because she's so she's so inclusive of everybody. She wants everybody to, to get along together. She wants everybody to have a great time. She doesn't want anybody to be sad ever. Um, and she's, she's just a good, she's good at circling the wagons and corralling people and, and getting them to enjoy themselves. She is a wonderful hostess. Anytime you go over to JD's for a party, it's an incredible party. It's such a great time. Um, you just kind of hang out. It's just very laid back. She's good at that. And I highly admire it because I'm terrible at that. <laughs> you? What? Yeah. No. Terrible hostess. It's a good thing I have Matt because Matt's kind of like JD in that respect. It's a good thing I have Matt. Otherwise, my parties would suck royally. <laughs> They'd be planned out to, to the second the whole way through. For sure. Yeah. And it would be like, you know, not good food and because <laughs> he's just so good. And it's so is JD at just figuring out what people want. Mm -hmm. um, she's, she's so, I can't say enough how inclusive she is or how she tries to include people. She's incredibly friendly, sweet. Anybody that meets her says that. Nobody forgets her face um, because it is quite beautiful as well as very, very friendly. So, so there, how'd I do? Aww, that was really good. I love it. Love it. So uh, obviously you guys are here because you've struggled with social anxiety. So that being said, obviously uh, as 
moms are watching or listening or however they're consuming this this material they might be thinking like yeah this woman thinks she has social anxiety i have so much social anxiety i can't i can't imagine getting on on a podcast i can't imagine getting on a show and just talking to a group of thousands and thousands of women mm-hmm. so uh jd what would you say to that woman who's right there in that moment Nobody really cares. Like, honestly, <laughs> so cares. I, yeah. you know, I, I struggled with it a lot. You know, I had, you know, kids are kind of mean and stuff. So growing up, it was a little, it was tough. Um, but as a mom, if you don't get out there, it's so lonely. And I was terrified of the first event that I went to. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I can't do it. I can't do it. But it turns out that everyone else was scared too. Mm-hmm. so you got that in common just get over it and go the worst thing that can happen is you never see them again you know yeah absolutely mm-hmm. I remember that event that was a Katie Bakes craft yeah, night wasn't it, it was craft night um I had graciously just fallen off a curb getting the mail like a couple <laughs> weeks before um I couldn't drive for a month and and it was spring real spring real estate is busy you know and so I did have one of my friends that wanted to go. So thankfully I had a safety, you know, like a safety net, but there were so many people there and I walked in with this big old boot on and I was like, hi, <laughs> I didn't know anyone other than her. Um, and from that, I met so many cool people. Like if it hadn't been for that one event, I probably wouldn't be where I'm at now, which is crazy to think about. Totally agree. We need to find that picture of all of us and see who like the OGs are in there. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I was the OG who like wanted to go and um, I ended up picking up my, my uh, crafts a couple days later because I just couldn't get over the anxiety and just make it out to the actual event. So that's. So what happened? What happened between excitement and yeah, I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. Like what happens in that transition for you specifically? You know which one we're talking about. Excuses. Like, like you, you start to feel that anxiety. And so you start to look and you're like, oh, my husband will probably be upset if I leave. So I better just stay home and, and uh, make sure that everything's okay here. Or, uh, oh, my kid like just coughed. So maybe, maybe my kid's getting sick. So I better just stay home and take care of my, my kid. And the reality is, is that it's an excuse. The reality is, is that you're just so scared of going and getting rejected or judged or not fitting in or a thousand different things. And I'd love to hear what it is for, for JD and Jenny. Um, but there's this whole thought process of, I am going to go and it's going to be awful and people are going to reject me. So I better just find a reason and a way to stay home and stay out of this. So is is this for you specifically, was this because of some things that happened in your past that kind of made you like molded you to think and feel that way? Or is it just the fear of the unknown? Like what happened? So, um, well, if you go to any family event of mine, like my whole family on my mom's side struggles with social anxiety to such an extreme degree, like it's super uncomfortable even with family. Like we have anxiety within our family and at, at an event. So it's like 
so difficult to even go to something like that. Uh, but on top of that, um, if anybody is familiar with like the Myers-Briggs personality, personality types, I mean the ENTJ and ENTJ women, people don't understand. They find us very um, abrasive and not fun to be around. <laughs> and you can pick up on that. Like, you know that the people are, are, are um, not even necessarily judging you, but uncomfortable by you. And so when you know that you make people uncomfortable, it makes you even more uncomfortable mm -hmm. and it just creates this perpetual cycle. Um, and so I, I go to things and, you know, we talked about this, this earlier that I will ask the questions that people are thinking, but they're not going to say. Mm -hmm. And so I'll say those, those things and some people love it. Some people hate it. And, uh, and so it has come down, honestly, to getting to the point where I can love myself, even if everybody else in the room doesn't like me. And so is that something that you just tell yourself to gain the confidence to do what you do? Because you do some stuff, Beth. That's I don't know how socialing, like how? <laughs> So, well, I mean, of course there's stuff, you know, there, there's things that I use. So like CBD oil helps with it. Um, the, you know, I'll, I'll work on my hormones. I, you know, I work on the, the physiological things that can cause anxiety in general uh, that, that bleeds over into it. But honestly, it's gotten to the point where it's because I have such a big vision and big picture of the ripple effect that I believe I'm capable of creating in the world. And I'm so committed to creating that ripple effect that I, I can't allow my anxiety to stop me from creating the, the impact that I want to create. So the thing that I believe more than anything in the world is that um, somebody in their darkest moment, there is a product, there is a service, there is something out there that can save their life. It can create the pattern interrupt that stops somebody from committing suicide. Let's call it like, a, like it is yeah. in their darkest moment. And because I believe that so much, I believe that selling saves lives and it's my obligation, it's your obligation as business people to sell more stuff because we need to get the things that we believe in so fully into the hands of people that need what we sell. And if we can get it into the hands of, of people who need what we sell, we don't know if it's going to be today or five years from now or 25 years from now, what we sold to them could save their life. And it's holding on to that mission and that vision of selling saves lives that gets me to keep showing up and keep going and go bigger and play bigger. Um, and I also am, have, have visions for myself, for my life, and I know that I can't create those if I won't get out of my bubble. Amazing. But you haven't always been this way. So what was the not. catalyst to get you over that hump that was like, hey, yo, like this is just how it's going to be. And this cannot control me anymore. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so honestly, it was birth. It was, uh, I, I went, uh, when I had my daughter, uh, after I had her, I ended up going through a faith transition and I, I ended up leaving my childhood faith. And in that process, um, I ended up discovering that I wanted to help other women to be able to believe in themselves the way that I was starting to believe in myself. And I had had, 
a very intense birth with my daughter, but I was so proud of myself because I was able to have her unmedicated and all of that um, in spite of some obstacles. And let me just be crystal clear. I, if you are a mama, like an elective cesarean mama or anywhere in between, you, you go girl, you rocked it, whatever it was that you did. So proud of you. Um, and having that experience of getting through birth, like I said, I don't care how it happens, getting through that, I feel like a woman learns what she's made of. Mm -hmm. And when I learned what I was made of, it, it started to get to the point where little by little, day after day, I, I started to ask myself, okay, but what else am I made of? What else am I made of? And it just built one thing upon another until I reached the point where, um, where my belief in myself was big enough to go to an event and where my belief in what I was capable of and capable of creating, I started to realize, okay, it's, it, I can't create that if I don't play a little bigger today than I did yesterday. And how do I keep doing that? How do I play bigger today than yesterday and bigger tomorrow than today? And sometimes that's staying home in bed and watching true crime so that my body and my mind can recover. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. But um, but it's, it again, just comes down to, to self-love. Has this drive for bigger, better just been within you always, or was it some sort of pivotal conversation, book you read, movie you saw, person you met? I could pinpoint a hundred different points in time that have like pushed me towards it. Uh, but, um, one of the, the strongest moments that stands out and it's the Maybe, maybe it's the dumbest thing, but it's what my brain imprinted on as a child. My brother, I was like four years old and we were wrestling. Uh, my brother, he's 10 years older than me. So he would have been 14. So, so we're wrestling and then, we, you know, he wins against a four-year-old, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I'm the best. And then he said, he, he said, um, he's just, you know, doing his big talk and he ends up saying something about, yeah, and I'm going to be the first millionaire in our family. And, and that imprinted on me. And uh, I knew like, I have to build some sort of a business. And he had said something about, he's going to make, he was going to be a boss and own a business and, and make a million dollars and something like that. And I was four and I was like, that's what we do. We build a business and we make a million dollars. Isn't that crazy how something like that kind of minor i mean minor yeah it just changes your whole outlook and and i'm i'm kind of blown away actually yeah and it's it's just like that that one little moment that makes it so that like i my entire life I, it's just so funny because i look back and i'm like that's so funny it was a 14 year old boy that was like talking a big game and <laughs> and it's it, it ended up being like that's my vision for my life that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Jenny, your story is one of my favorites when it comes. Uh oh. Oh, it cut out for a second. Oh, we're yeah, back. We good? And okay, we're good. back. <laughs> Jenny, um, your story is one of my favorites when it comes to social anxiety and what Mom Nation has done for you. So, yeah, I've already told the story today, but do you want to tell it again? 
different, so I have it already all rehearsed. <laughs> I was with you guys, and I wanted to check it out as well. Um, and I had signed up or RSVP to go to a park play date, and I did not want to go. And I don't even know that I intended to go when I RSVP'd. I think I was just hoping that by the time that event rolled around, I would have the courage to go. But I don't know that I really was like firm in that I was going to go. It was just like, um, that might sound fun, we'll see. And it rolls around and I'm like coming up with all these excuses. Like, well, I really, I have laundry to do and I'm coming up with reasons to justify. Not even really like that you guys are gonna say, hey Jenny, why didn't you go? But I'm coming up with these excuses that I could tell you that sounded legitimate enough to really not be able to go. I, I had to do this today and I couldn't make it. And my husband was like, no, you, you need to go. Don't back out, you need to go. And so I went and I remember sitting out in the car and I have this group of friends from Baby Center. Um, we're online friends, we've known each other for years. And I was messaging with them going, oh my gosh, you guys, I'm here, I don't know what to do. What if they're all murderers and they kill me? Like, basically, <laughs> and they're like, Jenny, go, you'll be fine, tell us all about it. <laughs> and I remember getting back in the car when we left going, I actually liked these people. Like this wasn't, you know, you might go and sometimes you're in awkward situations and you don't always connect with the people that you're around and you get through it and whatever. But these people I actually connected with, I felt like I want to do this again. I, I, it wasn't so bad. Um, so I just kept putting myself out there. You know, it takes, it's one step at a time. It's not like you go to one event and you're in and you're best friends with everyone. And now it's easy you have to keep showing up and you have to keep pushing yourself and you go through that same thing every event again coming up with excuses to not go and sitting out in the car breathing going okay you can do this you can do this and you know what it took a long time before I was even talkative yeah I might have showed up and I'm sure people were like who's this bitch that just sits there it doesn't talk to anyone <laughs> we never said that bitch face and I probably did not look very friendly but I still showed up. I did it and it got easier each time. <laughs> I love it. Well, and I think something that was cool about our meeting and the first time that you came out to an event is, and, and what's cool about Mom Nation events as a whole, is we have such a variety of events. We have events that you can take your children to or even your whole family. So you kind of like have, you know, your spouse maybe to go to karaoke with you. And so that way, if you end up sitting at a table and it's not working out or, or whatever, it's not going to be like that. Trust me, it's not. But if it is, then you have the spouse to fall back on. In Jenny's situation, um, Jenny has a lot of kids. Don't know if you guys know that. <laughs> but she, I think you only had two with you at that one time. Yeah. Um, but uh, at least then you have the kids to kind of keep you busy or if conversation isn't happening if you're not really liking you know the vibe and, and that kind of thing then you have the kids really to fall back on or if you got to whip out an excuse oh my gosh my kid just pooped her pants or whatever you know what i mean then you can escape yep and what was the the transformation i want to hear like what's the before and after for you of where who were you in that moment when you decided to attend this versus who you are today? I was weak and timid and shy and um, low self-esteem. I, 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 so many of those negative things come up in, into my mind, but I just, I don't know, like I, 
was probably a little bit depressed because I had been home alone by myself so much. And my husband works and he has his friends and his, you know, group of people that he would go and do things with. And I didn't. So I was lonely. And when you don't have another adult to socialize with, you just kind of fall into this dark little rut and you don't realize you're in it until you're out of it. But um, I just remember feeling like I didn't have a voice. I didn't really know who I was. I didn't really have anything I was passionate about other than my kids. But, and now I have, <laughs> I'm outspoken and I um, stand up for myself and I have so many things, Mom Nation especially, that I am so, so passionate about. And like, there's nothing that's going to hold me back. Get out of my way because I have things that I want to do and things that I want to <laughs> accomplish. And I'm a much different person. <laughs> I love it so much. How about you, JD? Um, what was the question again? Can you paint a picture? <laughs> You're fine. Mom brain. <laughs> no, it's a real thing. It's such it a real thing. Who were you before you started attending the events versus who you are now? I was kind of lonely too. Like I, at that point I was really just getting started with real estate. Like when I was at like 10 homes per year, you know, versus now. Um, but so I wasn't as busy, so I was home with my daughter more, and we really didn't do a lot, honestly. I'd let her run around and play in the house, but I just kind of sat there, and it was really boring. <laughs> and she started getting, I think she was around two and a half when, when I went started going to play dates and stuff. Yeah, so it was perfect. Right. She wanted to get out and, and do her thing because she doesn't settle down ever. Um, she is such a bubbly human. Oh, oh my gosh. goodness. I know. She has like no social anxiety. <laughs> like she'll just go up to anyone. And I kind of, I really admire that about her. She's, she really has no fear. And I kind of think, think like her, like just go into it and talk to people. You never know what will happen. But yeah, the difference is I used to not go out like hardly at all. Um, I, I'm still an introvert though. Like i I'm totally fine with sitting on the couch watching a movie or something like that. Um, but now I'm not afraid. I mean, I still get a little nervous, you know, to meet with new people and stuff, but you know, they're not going to bite most likely. <laughs> so you just kind of got to do it and maybe, you know, you'll make a difference in someone's lives. And there's been so many people that, you know, we were friends first you know, and then they bought a house, which is great. But to me, the relationship is more important. Um, and I really enjoy just being around people. Yeah, we just got, actually got a really good comment. Um, mm -hmm. I'm so sorry if I butcher your name, uh, but Kerasi, Um, I am actually a really extroverted person, but my social anxiety keeps me more of an introvert. And so I'm glad to hear that I am not alone in these situations because I definitely want to start getting out of my house and getting out of my bubble. And I'm actually an extrovert. And mm -hmm. when most people meet me, they think that I'm super introverted. Um, I'm not, I'm not social per se, but I do need to be around people. Mm -hmm. um, and so thank you so much for sharing that. Um, and that, that makes, makes me think of kind of painting a picture of what it was like for me when I was struggling with social anxiety. I was an angry person. I was mm -hmm. extremely depressed. I, uh, 
you know, I was diagnosed with OCD and PTSD and general anxiety disorder. Like I'm, I can just give you like a, a laundry list of all the things that I was diagnosed with mental health wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is so hard to be a person that's that angry and that lonely and that isolated all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. It's just literally hard to get through every single day. And like so you get what stuck in a cycle, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. totally, totally. It's a cycle. Absolutely. And so, um, the question just becomes like, how do you break that cycle? And, and obviously going to the events is what we've talked about so far, but, um, Jenny, what, what was like the mindset shift for you once you started to attend these events that helped you to keep attending? It was like, I would get on this, on this high almost, I would come home and I felt so good because the the people were welcoming and inviting and comforting and there were no awkward moments. I didn't feel like I stuck out or didn't fit in. I just felt so welcomed and it just made me want to keep going. And that feeling of like making friends, like it was so exciting. And I remember telling my husband, like, I really like these people. Like this is so (laughs) cool. And I had wanted so bad and been so envious of, of other people that I see that have their friends and they text each other throughout the day or they just go sit and have coffee together or watch movies on their couch together. And like, I remember my heart hurting as I just wanted that so bad. And, you know, I grew up in a really small town and you grow up with your, your best friends and a lot of them are cousins and family, but you grow up together and you have your tribe your whole life. And then high school comes and everybody disperses and you've lost that. And I had lost that for so many years and it was such a void in my life. So starting to make connections and I just felt so good and I didn't want to lose it. So I wanted to keep coming. And, you know, yes, I made great friends, but we weren't instantly best friends. It took time and effort. And and I knew I'm never going to get what I'm looking for if I don't keep putting myself out there and keep trying. So the social anxiety didn't necessarily go away. It was just, I wanted that friendship so bad that that overpowered the anxiety and it made it worth it to go. So it was just this little high, just this, this feels good and I want to keep doing it. And I want that end result of those friendships and that's worth it. It's worth taking that risk. For sure. And I've noticed just between the two of them, because I've known them for so long, an increased amount of confidence, like incredible Mm -hmm. confidence And, and confidence is a good thing. confidence does not mean cockiness, right? Sometimes I think that we, we look at them as the same thing and they're really not. So it's been an increased amount of confidence between with these two ladies. And I think that when you're feeling underconfident, when you're feeling depressed and whatnot, you begin to lash out. And I wonder if that maybe stops you from having relationships and, and, you know, it's no longer inviting. It's not attractive. Um, it's more like I'm hurting, so I'm going to make everybody else hurt kind of thing. And these ladies are, are not that they ever were, you know, people who would attempt to hurt others uh, maliciously, of course, but these ladies are so far from that. And I feel like confidence is really the key. Yeah. And, you know, that makes me just think about so many different things, but the, the whole idea of like hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, when you are in that place where you're starting to come out from, uh, you know, having social anxiety that keeps you back, uh, you, 
you might have a quick temper. You might not have the emotional space for, for everything quite yet, but let's be real. Like we're adults now. We understand, you know, Katie understands when I've been distant, it's not because I don't love the hell out of Katie. It's because I am going through something. And so, you know, Katie and Jenny and Sherry, they just end up showing up for me and, and supporting me while I'm going through whatever I'm going through. And if we can look at each other and understand we're not in high school anymore, right? Like we're, this isn't a case of mean girls. Like none of us were ever actually mean girls. We were insecure girls. That's right. And if we can understand that if somebody is behaving a certain way, it's because they need love, they need support, they need a safe space. All of a sudden it, it, makes it so that we have a safe space to fall apart too. Mm-hmm. And anyway, I love that. It's, I so, do. it's so important to keep in mind, sorry to cut you no, off, please, because please. I think it's so easy to get to become offended by maybe a negative comment or maybe a jab or something like that. Um, but what people say is more of a reflection of them than it is you. And so you, you have to almost step back, take a, take a deep breath and, and, and approach them with love really and hold some love for them because that's really what they need the most. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yet I just, I just can't drive that point home enough that like we're adults now. Yeah. We know how to handle your feelings. We handle the big emotions of our children. We understand what you're going through. And it's okay to come and not be perfect. You don't, you don't need that. None of us are under the delusion that <laughs> this is the case anymore. It's, it's just not true. So, well, and there um, isn't perfection either. I mean, you know, just think, just dealing with my kindergartner. So mm-hmm. my kindergartner the other day were at Costco and my kindergartner wanted fruit by the foot. Mm-hmm. Well, why do you want fruit by the foot, buddy? Well, because everybody at school has fruit by the foot in their lunchbox. Well, how about we get you the less sugar organic fruit by the foot? (laughs) It's a little bit different packaging, not really fruit by the foot, but it's sort of the same concept. Why don't we get you that? Well, I don't want it anymore. Because I think we're trained in school and and younger. We, We want to be accepted, right? So we attempt to fit a certain mold that we think that we need to fit. We attempt to be the same as everybody else. And that's just not reality. And honestly, it's beautiful when you're out into the adult world, because we're all adults now, it's beautiful to see everybody's different personalities, the way they approach life, their thoughts, their feelings, how they handle things. That's beautiful shit. And that's the kind of stuff that, that's the kind of stuff that interests me in other humans. I don't want you to come at me and be just like me. Mm -hmm. I don't want that. That's not interesting Mm -hmm. to me. I already got that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that has me wondering about you. So you don't have social anxiety. So let's suppose you get an invitation to somewhere. What goes through your head? Can I swing this or not? In other words, do I have enough time in my schedule because I'm working on not filling my schedule to the brim so that I have no time to breathe anymore because I'm just too old for that. Mm -hmm. Um, So my, the first thing that springs into my head is, do I have enough time now? And that's about it. Now, what you guys don't know about me because I haven't shared it because this is not a thing that I do, but Beth makes me do it, um, is that I had massive social anxiety 
actually. And in fact, I was a weirdo. <laughs> like what? I was a total weirdo. Yes. Way back in the day. Um, and I come from a, a very interesting family. I love my family very much. However, on both sides, they're both very judgmental. So we've got the musical side where I was judged pretty much from knee high to a grasshopper with my musical capabilities. So glad I have them, right? Not saying that they were mean or anything, but there's some comments like you said about your brother when you were four, you remember that. There's some comments and, and things that have happened in my childhood from that side of the family that I can recall that have always stuck with me and actually made me believe that I didn't have the musical capabilities that I do. So wow. yeah, crazy. Other side of my family um, is actually fairly mentally and, and emotionally abusive, to be honest. Um, and I, my, my mom came from um, a poor family, really. I mean, there's just no, no other way to say it. We came from a very small town. My dad's family was a bit more affluent. And so they would actually say things to me like, um, like I'd come visit and uh, they'd be like, oh, there's, there's bugs in your backpack, like coming from my mom's house because she was poor and that's not fair. There's never bugs in my backpack and, and they had to like wash all my stuff coming from there. They'd tell me that I smelled like pee and that never happened. And I was just this little baby, you guys. And so I grew up with a lot of judgment and a lot of, I smell like pee, I'm not pretty, I have bugs in my backpack and I can't even sing. Like I got nothing to offer. And it really destroyed me for a long time. Sorry, I didn't know that was gonna happen. Beth this always is, has that. It's beautiful. Ability. Mm -hmm. It's actually beautiful for you to show this. I had yeah. a similar, similar experiences too as a kid. And it really does affect you a lot. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And it, it, took, it took a lot of personal development and therapy to get over that and to realize I have a hell of a lot to offer. And I do have musical ability. And I don't have bugs in my backpack. And I don't smell like pee. And all of those things. And so here I am today. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you weren't ready for that answer. <laughs> I loved that answer. That was one of the best Katie moments I think I've ever had. And, and like, that's the whole thing guys is like, this is what we're talking about is that like you we're we're grownups. We can handle this. We can handle people being who they are and it's beautiful. And it makes you think too, because, you know, I think the, the four of us have kind of dialed our, issues with social anxiety back to our childhood oh yeah for sure now who is in charge here in terms of our children who is yeah. molding them who do they spend the most time with so this is something really to think about you know in everyday conversation and everyday behavior and, and and parenting in general like what am i doing what am what am i what are the things that i'm saying right now what kind of impact does that have on my kid because i can guarantee you that at least the musical side i don't know about the other side but at least the musical side of my family had no idea the impact they were very loving you guys very loving family they had no idea the impact that they made and it wasn't even a lot it was just a couple of times mm -hmm. so you may think oh no it's okay you know i 
I want to, I don't want people to think that I'm saying, you know, if you say one thing out of anger to your kid, like you're going to screw them up forever and to feel guilt about that. That's not what I'm getting to, but just your, your repetitive, how you treat them, how, what you, the things that you say about them really has a lot of impact. And sometimes I think we're just going about life and we don't really realize it. It's true. I love that. Absolutely. Um, one thing that you said is really interesting to me that you, uh, now when you get an invitation, the question is like, do you have time for it? Mm-hmm. Do you have time to add this to my plate? And, um, you know, so you guys actually came to an event where I spoke recently and Jenny won a book called the alter ego effect. And, um, one of the concepts that he talks about in that book is developing an alter ego that would do the things that you won't. And so this whole idea with social anxiety of, I, you know, I can't do this. I can't do this. What if we thought in these moments, instead I can't of, instead of thinking I can't do this, we thought, okay, so if I was somebody who could do this, what would I do? And if I was somebody that did this, what action would I take? And typically it's something that's like so simple. I would get in the car. Oh, okay. I can handle that. I can handle getting in the car. Okay. Now what would I do? All right. Well, I would drive to the park. Okay. I can handle driving to the park. Okay. I'm here at the park. I'm in the parking lot. Now what do I do? Okay. I would open the door and I would get my kid out of their seat. Okay. I I can do that. All right. And then what would I do? I would walk over to the park, uh, to the playground And then I would look for the people that seem to be together in this group. Okay, I can handle that. And just one tiny step at a time asking yourself, what would somebody who doesn't have this problem do in this situation? And just break it down into teeny tiny baby steps. I love that. I feel like that quiets the mind and you're able to focus because you're not like, ah, I can't do this. Oh my God. You know what I mean? That creates a lot of static um, and, and more anxiety, really. So I like that tactic a lot by the bite-sized pieces um, and putting it on somebody else. Oh, well, I wouldn't do this, but she would. So I can do that. Mm-hmm. I Absolutely. Dig it. And And it also makes me think of like the big vision for mom nation of what we're working to help it to grow into and become, um, with, with mom nation, we just, you know, it's such a big, big vision and there's a million moving parts and being able to break it down into, okay, well, I don't know how to build homes in every major city across the United States, for moms to be able to go into and have resources to be able to get back on their feet after leaving relationships. But I know how to show up and do this podcast, but <laughs> I know how to show up and invite people to a challenge, but I know how to show up and right. And so it, it just becomes one little step at a time, keeping the vision in mind and trusting that these little steps are going to lead where we want to go. My, um, my daughter's first grade teacher does something awesome with them. Um, they do the power of yet. So it's not, I can't do this. I can't do this yet. Or I'm working on doing this. And she has flipped it back on me, which is really good. And it's given her so much confidence. Like, 
because you know she's in dance and she does it by choice i don't i don't push her um but she wants to learn how to do a you know an aerial a no handed cartwheel and i was like well you know and she's like i can't do it yet so she's working towards it which is really good because i didn't have that when i was a kid i did for my mom but yeah you know. It gives me the chills mm -hmm. Just that our kids it. are growing up with these messages. And I actually was thinking about that as I was driving here uh, to come meet you guys to, to do this today. And I was thinking about the beauty of mom nation. Uh, as far as like, I think about my mom and she was so lonely. She was so isolated and she was an angry mom because of everything she was doing by herself. Um, and how amazing that we all get to show up for our kids in completely different ways than our moms were able to because they didn't have the connection in the community that we're able to have just because mm -hmm. of social media mm -hmm. it's huge social media and a couple of really committed people that came together for the love of a mom yes and and the woman that she is because really that's what we're all about here. So I totally agree with you. Definitely takes a lot of love to do what we do, um, but the tools are fantastic. Absolutely. I would um, challenge someone, this helps me when I'm feeling in a rut. Reach out to someone and get them out. So sometimes, you know, I'll find myself on the couch, you know, just chilling by myself. And then someone's like, hey, do you want to go do this? I'm like, oh my God, yes, I'm so glad you asked. So just see how that works. Go to yeah, one-on-one -on -one is easy, something. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. it's versus coming into a group where maybe some people in the group already know each other. Mm -hmm. Doing something one-on-one, -on -one, that's easy. And then you take that one-on-one -on -one and you bring that person to the group and it yeah. again becomes easier yeah. at, at that next level. So right. you got a play date tomorrow. That's right. Yeah. Don't be afraid. That's good advice, JD. Mm -hmm. For sure. So any last thoughts before we wrap up today? That was intense, man. Oh, that was so good. Yeah. So good. Oh my gosh. Well, um, next week, okay, Katie, can we next week, can we talk about like moms having dreams for themselves? Like going and building like their own lives and visions and dreams for themselves. We might be the perfect people to talk about that. I think that that would be such a good topic. And I have so many thoughts just talking with you guys today that that just kind of kept coming up for me. So I would say that's our next topic. You're not allowed to make any notes. Don't forget. That's a good one. Oh, I won't. I won't. Uh, don't worry. I would have the intention to write notes and it wouldn't happen. So <laughs> So for those of you who are listening or watching, please go find us on iTunes, rate, review, subscribe, um, and download these podcasts. Just listening on iTunes doesn't count, uh, but if you download it, iTunes does count it for us so that we can help impact more moms all over the world and, and especially the U.S. So uh, thank you so much for this amazing, amazing conversation, guys. Yes, JD and Jenny, thanks for being on with us. Beth, my beautiful co-host, as always, it's so amazing to see your face and to talk with your brilliant self. And ladies of Mom Nation, just get out there. That's our message. Just get out there and connect because you will thrive with all the love that you uh, will receive. All right, guys. Yes.
Bump, 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 bump,